0: episode 133 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. We apologize for the radio silence since the Texas Tech game. It's not because we were, you know, obviously upset that Oklahoma State lost that game to the Red Raiders in Lubbock. We actually had a recap recorded on Sunday night. Unfortunately, when I went to edit the audio and produce everything, it only took about half of my audio with the the recorder that we use. So Pretty much everything that we had, you know, our conversation was pretty much null and void at that point. And we had to co- try to get a couple of interviews lined up during the off week during while well, we were both pretty busy and nothing really worked out. So it was just like it was for Oklahoma State. It was an off week for us as well. But, Philip, how did you spend your off week?
1: Excuses, 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 JP. Like, don't be just be just be just be honest with the people. They come here for honesty. Uh, we were just so sad and defeated. We were just like, F it. And uh the only reason we're here is because our bosses were like, "Well, we're paying you to do a podcast, so uh Valport. ball's up and, uh, and get it done
0: Valport. but so how how did you spend your off week
1: uh I was in Houston last weekend with some some old friends uh we just um uh, you know I watched all of uh, the o u Texas game I watched some other football as well um, drink uh, drank heavily Ate a lot of meat. Um had a really good time. I have. It's been uh it's been kind of relaxing. I, I understand everyone's upset about the Texas tech loss. I, I don't act like I was like pleased with it. But I don't I don't think I was as sky as falling as a lot of other people are. So I just kind of was like, you know what, we're just gonna just gonna let these two weeks be what they are. Uh focus on things like the fact that we landed two defensive recruits on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the fact that basketball recruiting is is both stressful and exciting, uh, the fact that uh, basketball season is is almost here, which is really cool. The women's soccer team is good, and uh, just you know spend some time with the wife and the and the kid.
0: Yeah, it was definitely like I I picked Oklahoma State to lose that game in Lubbock prior to the season, just like you did. And Obviously, it was upsetting because I picked that game coming into the season thinking both teams were going to be pretty solid. Alan Bowman's a great quarterback, but to watch Jet Duffy look like an All-American against Oklahoma State was pretty frustrating. But as I take a step back, it's just the way this team is going to be this season. It's going to be very Jekyll and high, just like we've seen the last couple of years. And games where Oklahoma State should win, they don't. And they play good against, and they play good and win in games they probably shouldn't. So we, we've seen kind of both sides of the coin, and that's just the way it happened to fall. But I will say, I think this past week was pretty good for me because I, I worked a little bit, quite a bit, but I was able to kind of take a step back and not, you know, have my entire focus on Oklahoma State football for a little bit. I was watching some great playoff baseball, hockey seasons around. I was watching college football without the stress of an Oklahoma State game. OU o- Texas was great. Um, watching LSU Florida was a fantastic game on Saturday night. Now that, oh, LSU, yeah, was. now that LSU has realized that the forward pass is a, is a great use of a, an offensive weapon. Uh, they're actually a really, really fun team to watch. And I would run through a wall for Ed Ogeron. So there's that as well, but it, it was just a good week of sports and being able to kind of take my focus away from being entirely on Oklahoma state football for, you know, a week to 10 days is, I feel like it's kind of refreshed me and I'm, I'm ready to attack this back half of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm – and we get another off week, which I'm going to be excited for. I just – man, there's so much stuff going on in life. It's hard to just be as like football, football, football as yeah. I have been in the past. Like I am, sure. but also I'm a little bit less so this year, which has been kind of nice. Um, So, yeah, Um, random thought. And I had this week. There's a lot of skies falling with OSU. I, not like – Everyone's completely like given up on the program, but there is a certain amount of concern that last year and the year before, I was kind of like, it's fine, it's whatever, it's this year. There's some legitimacy to why is OSU suddenly so bad as a favorite? Why does OSU seem to struggle with teams that they used to beat handily? um where they just go in and play sloppy football and lose games like this one to texas tech last week or two weeks ago you know four games last season Um, but you go back the last few years and you know one of the reasons i also picked texas tech as a loss preseason was i said osu seems to drop a game they shouldn't every year now 2016 it was central michigan 2017 it was kansas state 2018 it was half the schedule and this year we've already seen the texas tech game and that's 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 not what Oklahoma State used to be. Think back to 2015. They started 10-0 and and had no business being 10-0. And And it was just, they just some of it was luck, but they were so good in those close, tight games. And then they just got beat by the teams who were far superior. But but the teams that who couldn't just absolutely out talent or who weren't just absolutely better than, OSU beat nine times out of 10. And now they're dropping these games to where that's almost become part of what what OSU is. And it's a it's a, a trend that at some point we need to see turn in the other direction because it is the difference between Oklahoma State being one of the two best teams in the conference or even three best and OSU being becoming a middle-of-the-pack program in the Big 12.
0: Yeah, I, the game against Texas Tech was the antithesis of the win with discipline that Mike Gundy has preached from spring ball through the season we saw it on the shirts they made them you know wear them and they talked about it every day and what we saw was sloppy penalties sloppy play calling and sloppy turnovers and it was the antithesis of winning with discipline if Oklahoma state you know cleans up everything a little bit i mean they came within a touchdown it was 45-38 right or 45-35 i can't remember off the top of my head but it was it was a 10-point or one possession game and if you take away a couple of those turnovers, like the Tylan Wallace peelback block or Spencer Sanders fumbling the ball twice. And, you know, you, you can go on and on. You know, hindsight's always 2020, but it's just not what we expected from Oklahoma State coming into the season. We knew they were going to be a better disciplined team because Mike Gundy admitted they took their foot off the gas pedal at times last year, but it feels like when they went to Lubbock, they they were sleepy and they did exactly what they did most of last season in those games where they were the better team. Oklahoma, I still go, even though Oklahoma state lost the game, I still think Oklahoma state is better than Texas tech. Agreed. But the sc- but the score column doesn't show that. And that's why everyone has kind of gone into that sky is falling worst case scenario. And it's hard not to fall into that when you lose games like that consistently, like Oklahoma state has the last two plus seasons. I mean, you like that case state game in 2017, Really, kind of feels like the beginning of that—that what we've seen the last season and a half or so. I think you mm, can really point I, back I to think that it's game. Central
1: Michigan, twenty sixteen. That's the well, one. Yeah, you have that.
0: The fair, but I'm talking. Baylor, about
1: this. But even the Baylor game that year as well. Like, yeah. I, I'll say this: last year was the least disciplined team of the Gundian area, the most penalized. Um, That's not something you just, it's easier to flip a switch on going from being a very buttoned up program to not. It's not easy to go from being an undisciplined team to disciplined within one year. That is something that takes time. It's easy to develop bad habits, it's hard to develop good ones. And I do think this team is more buttoned up, more disciplined than they were last year by a a mile and and so that's why I don't want to overreact to what happened at Texas Tech because it felt felt like a game last year but the other ones hadn't we we Texas was yeah it wasn't great but some of it was play calling more than just being sloppy um and you know we're breaking into OSU I'm not trying to make excuses like I am I am aware that this is not the OSU program even of like 2013 even of 2015 um that when they were Easily the second-best team in the conference. It doesn't feel like that program right now. It hasn't for two years, and it it almost hasn't for two and a half seasons. Um, Really since, like, mid-2017. But that team was so talented, but they still just, like, they were still struggling in games that they just absolutely shouldn't have been struggling in, and the Kansas State game as well. And I'm not... uh, it's it's so hard because of how weird and fluky last year was to try and be like, that's part of this trend. Maybe it is. Maybe that's the beginning of of what's happening. And but I could argue maybe this year is just you you're seeing things turning around, but you're also dealing with a freshman quarterback and a new OC. And and once those things get settled, you're gonna see OSU get, you know, have all the pieces in place to go back to being what they were when they were the team that absolutely beat everybody that they were more talented than. And could beat a couple of teams that they weren't each year, and uh, that's why I'm I'm I am very cognizant of how the where the program seems to be at this point, but also that I'm not going all in on oh shit things are about to fall apart. I need another year. This year has shown me enough to make me things go move make me think things are moving in the right direction. I need one more year because I mean, even with Jim Knowles' defense, we said year three was the year we'd figure out if this is going to work or not. Next year's the year I feel like we're going to see if this is if this is on the right track or if we need to be really concerned. And and as long as we see progress through the rest of the season, I'll continue to stand by and say, calm down, don't sell all your stock, don't don't empty out the grocery stores, don't don't run into the basement. It's it's okay. Just let the storm pass.
0: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing with watching Oklahoma State last year and this year is that it just, and we kind, of, we kind of alluded to this as well, that in those 2015, 2016, even times in 2017, it felt like Oklahoma State was never down. Like they just had this uh, an innate ability to find ways to win games in crunch time or when you're maybe down by two scores early and you find a way to claw and fight and scratch to get back. The last couple of years, it's felt like when Oklahoma State gets down, it's not that they roll over, but they just find ways to get in their own way. And they just can never find ways to win those types of games. And I think West Virginia last year was the exception. But it just – it feels like – it felt like from that first possession, you just knew shit was going sideways. Like we get the ball to start the game, three plays, turnover, and then it ended up being a field goal, which could have been much worse. But you could—you can't start a game worse. And when you – when I, then the next possession you punt, and it just, it just never felt like Oklahoma State had the right footing and they just never found a way to get back in the game until it was too late, until it was too little too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if by, you know, if we see it, neg- who knows, maybe on Saturday, Oklahoma State goes down by two scores and they find a way to win by two. I, I don't know, but if I need to see more of that for me to fully have the confidence that Oklahoma State can go out and beat anybody on any Saturday. Right now, I just don't see that. Maybe that's just me being a cynic, but I think it's also we have enough of a sample now of Oklahoma State playing down to their competition or playing up that they just they just kind of get in their own way in some of these games that a few years ago they really didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, so let's talk about this week. Let's try and get through this week. Uh, let's let I want to do this week a little bit differently. Um, Instead of just talking about the game first, let's go ahead and just make our predictions. And then let's talk about why we think that our predictions or why we think that's what's going to happen. And then one or two reasons why we might be wrong. Um, so, Joe, what what do you what do you think happens? Because I've said what I think happened. I've been saying it for two weeks, but I want to hear what do you think happens in this game?
0: So I'll I'll go. I'll go first here. Um. I think that something I've been thinking about the last few weeks is, or at least for the last couple weeks since, you know, we're going to play for homecoming, especially since we found out that when, when Baylor beat Texas tech, this just feels like a game that Oklahoma state's going to, it's that game that Oklahoma state is going to win for some reason. But I think a lot of it has to do with having two weeks to prepare. We saw it against Texas leading up to that game. I just wasn't sure that Oklahoma state was going to be able to do it, but I woke up on that Saturday and went, we're going to win a ball game. And, I felt that way, except it's the opposite. I felt that way all week that Oklahoma State is going to win, and I think that a lot of it has to do with the first time Oklahoma State gets the ball is going to be indicative of how this game is going to go. Remember that scripted drive against Texas last year?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that mm-hmm. That's the kind of – if we come out and just punch them in the mouth on our first drive and score in five or six plays, just like we did in that drive, I'm going to feel really good about this game. And I think a lot of it is going to hinge on being able to get the ball to other guys. We know Chuba's going to get his yards. We know Tylan is going to do his thing as one of the best receivers in the country, best running back in the country. But it's going to be the ability of Spencer Sanders to get the ball to Jordan McRae, to Dylan Stone, or to Landon Wolf, to Patrick McCoffman, to Jelani Wills, whoever it is. I think we're going to see one of those guys, Not not taking away from what, Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard are going to do because you know they're going to get theirs. I think Jordan McCray, one of those guys, is going to have a career type game and a career defining game at Oklahoma State. And if they're able to do that, then I feel really good about Oklahoma State because it takes away the, def- the defense's ability to just key on 30 and 2. They're going to have to pay attention to the rest of the Oklahoma State offense. And if they can do that on one of those first drives and show that Spencer can throw to anybody besides number two, then. I think this game is going to be a really, really good one for the offense and a huge confidence booster for Spencer as well. And that will lead into my next point, but go right ahead.
1: Yeah, that's a valid one. That's a good point. So uh, as I've been saying for two weeks, I think Oklahoma State wins this game. And I'll start by saying, one, if you have listened to tape doesn't lie already, damn you, Adam, you got to stay the stat first, so uh, props to you. But here's the deal. Uh, And he just went with games after an off week or bowl games. In the last 12 games where Oklahoma State has had two or more weeks to prepare for their opponent, they're 11-1. and one. Seems good. The only loss is to uh, OU back in, was it 2016? If i remember correctly. That's 11-1 with two or more weeks to prepare. That's Nick Saban-like numbers right there. Um, yeah. Oklahoma State has had two weeks to prepare for Baylor. And, and to your point to some extent, they're going to have a game plan put in place. That they have been working on for two weeks to beat Baylor. Not just, not just, and part of that is also the fact that you've had two weeks to recover, for Chuba to take a break, to catch his breath, um, for hopefully Tevin Jenkins to be closer to 100%. Maybe Dylan Galloway's back. I don't know that he is. I, I, I have a feeling he's probably not. But to work on the offensive line where, you know, they, they seem to be good against Kansas State trying to do a makeshift line, and it didn't work as well against Texas Tech. They shuffled some things around. It didn't work for them to figure that kind of stuff out, uh, for them to work with Sanders on processing these reads. But they have a game plan in place, and I trust Oklahoma's – sorry, they just tra- threat, flashed the Thunder preseason score across my phone, so okay, so just Woo, popped my head. preseason
0: um, NBA. <laughs> uh,
1: whatever. But I trust OSU with two weeks prepared for this game to come out and win to have a game plan in place come to, to, to pull it off. I, I just do. And, and so that's reason number one, I believe Oklahoma State wins. Joe, what's your next one?
0: So my next one, as I, I kind of talked about it for a brief second in that part where I think that a, you know a secondary-type player is going to have an impact in this game, or at least they should. But I think this is going to be the game if – you know, he, if Chubb is able to do his thing, Talon does his thing, and Spencer Sanders is able to get McCray, Wolf, any combination of those guys involved, I think this is going to be the best game Spencer Sanders plays this season. And I think a lot of it is going to have to do with how they script those those first drive those, that first drive and maybe that second drive. If they get him some high percentage throws, Chubb is able to get to some chunk yards, he's able to use his legs. If they find a way to script it perfectly and score a touchdown or two or a touchdown to field goal, any combination there, that's going to give him confidence. And when Spencer Sanders is confident and feeling good, then this offense is clicking. And we saw it because the last time we really saw him, just everything just seemed to work for him was Oregon State. Oregon State isn't that good, but he had, that was his first career start. And he looked like, oh, this dude is different. And we, we've been talking about that all season. If we can see something like that from him, if the if the game plan works to perfection, man, we're we're looking at something that you know, this is kind of going to be, and especially in a you know prime slot game on a major network, this could be where the rest of the country takes notice of. Maybe not this year, but a year from now, maybe two years. Spencer Sanders is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the country. We can hope, at least, if he continues to reach the ceiling that we all kind of have for him.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's valid. So I I, I went combing through the NCAA stats um, to try and figure out where OSU had a significant edge over Baylor, uh, or where Baylor had a significant edge over Oklahoma State. And for the most part, there would be spots where OSU would be better at a position. Uh, let, let's say let's take rushing for example. Baylor has a much better rushing defense. They give 113 yards in the ground a game. Uh, OSU gives up 165. But OSU rushes for 279, and Baylor rushes for 199. Okay. What about penalties? Baylor literally has one more penalty and one more penalty yard on the season. And that's both teams have gone through six games now. Um, what about red zone? Um, Oklahoma State's better on on red zone offense and, uh, and in red zone defense. But it's not – there. there's not a single stat. Uh, there's really not – a lot of stats that I could find not a single one but being blunt I, just, I don't look at anything and say Baylor is demonstrably better than Oklahoma State nothing that I could find goes and pulling all these different stats and putting those numbers comparing like yeah there's there's positives here and negatives here looking at all of it are there? dependent upon the game plan can OSU lose this game sure but there's nothing that makes me go Oklahoma State can't beat Baylor because Baylor is so much better at this 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 this. I don't see it. I don't. Is is Baylor a better team defensively than Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think so. Is Oklahoma State a better team offensively than Baylor? Yes, I think so. Like there's there's just this seems like so much more of an even matched game than than I than the rankings show or the record shows, which is why I think Vegas actually has Oklahoma State as the favorite and why the money line continues to grow for Oklahoma State. I just in in a game like this where the two teams are fairly evenly matched, and I think Oklahoma State has is more talented. I'm giving the edge to Oklahoma State, especially at home, at homecoming. Like you throw in all the all the if the if the two teams on the field seem pretty even, what are the extra factors? You're playing in Stillwater. It's middle of the day. It's homecoming. Crowd will be rocking. You're coming off of a loss that people are upset about, similar to last year. You know you need to get this win. I just those 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 other factors that to me give Oklahoma State a big edge in this game.
0: Yeah, like if you if you look at it, it being a fairly even game, statistics wise, Baylor may be six and zero, but I don't see how they're much better than Oklahoma State. And I still think Oklahoma State is possibly the better team. I think. Baylor wins a couple just positional matchups, but really, when you look at it, every factor really just seems to fall Oklahoma State's way. Mm-hmm. In like you said, prime you know prime slot game, homecoming, coming off a lot like it all lines up to Oklahoma State's favor. And if Oklahoma State can play with Baylor and not play down up whatever whatever, I think Oklahoma State like like we said we think Oklahoma State's gonna win this game, but. I think there is a chance that Oklahoma State wins this game handily. Now, you and I talked about this off air. There's really two ways that this goes. It's Oklahoma State wins a tight game that they just find a way to win. Either they have a lead early and just hold on, or they come back, what have you. Or Baylor just comes in and blows the lid off Oklahoma State and sucks the air out of the stadium early and it's over. It doesn't feel like there's much in between here. I think there's a chance Oklahoma State can win a game, a convincing win, but I think that's probably the least likely scenario of any outcome that could possibly happen in this game.
1: Yeah, OSU blowing out Baylor just doesn't seem in the cards. No, Baylor Baylor in Big 12 play in during regulation, not including overtime, is averaging 25 points a game. Do I think Baylor can – can be a more explosive offense than that? Do I think they could score more points than that? Yeah, I do. Um, So at some point it's going to happen. So the question becomes, is that this game? If it is, if Baylor just figures out, okay, we're just going to, our offense is just going to open up a can and go all over the OSU's face, then, then, oh, Baylor's, I think Baylor runs away with this one. I do. I, I think that's what happens. But if it's a close game, I think OSU wins. I do. I, I think they have – I think this game they can win a close game, even though Baylor has been the team so far this season that has been winning the close games. They've got three wins this season by seven or fewer points. Like I just they, – they've won the close games, and OSU hasn't. But I just – man, home – remember, those two close losses were on the road. This is home game. It's a, It's a different animal.
0: So my final point, I'm trying to think of something on the defensive side of the ball, but I mean, really, it's just, I mean, God, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. Head, so.
1: I'll tell you what, my last point is this. Both teams have what we call their big three. Quarterback, top receiver, top running back, right? So let's go and compare the two big threes here uh for OSU you have Spencer Sanders he's got 1300 yards roughly 63% completion rate uh 10 touchdowns eight interceptions okay all right uh qb rating of uh, of 145 brewer has 1500 yards 65% completion rate 11 touchdowns to three interceptions and a qb rating of 155 so we're going to give it. we're going to give an edge to Charlie Brewer here right so we'll call. we'll say at this point Charlie Brewer um through the air is, is, is the better QB let's go to top running back shall we this will be fun um, for, so much fun for Baylor now granted he's got significantly fewer carries their top running back is is John Lovett they have more of a, a two headed three headed monster Burr being the third one you've got Lovett and, and, and Hasty and Lovett's got 58 attempts to 389 yards uh, 6.7 yards per carry and uh, three touchdowns it's not bad the combined they have a nice they have a nice rushing attack Uh, OSU has Chuba Hubbard, who has um, nearly 1,100 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, uh, and 13 touchdowns. I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to 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 Hubbard there. If you don't mind, I don't think I'm going out on too far of a limb. I I don't think
0: you're going out on. I don't think that's necessarily a hot take, but I I respect you for for going out there and just just saying it.
1: Thank you, thank you. Okay, so let's go to receiver. Their top receiver is Denzel Mims. Very talented receiver, really like him. Uh, 32 receptions, 503 yards, 15.7 average, and and five touchdowns. It's very nice. Uh, Tylan Wallace, OSU's guy, 39 catches, 703 yards, 18 yards per catch, and seven touchdowns. I think I'm going to give Wallace the edge there.
0: Again, I not necessarily a hot take, but I appreciate you you going out there and, and saying it.
1: Well, I just like I don't want to sound like I'm just being biased. That's um,
0: fair.
1: OSU's big three is better than Baylor's Big Three. And when the game is on the line, that's those are the when you have to turn to your best players, OSU has the better ones to turn to than than Baylor. Now I will add this caveat in. Behind those guys. I feel better about Baylor's backups than OSU's specifically at running back far better about running back um, than OSU but that two weeks off for Chuba oh god I just kind of think that that look if if they'd have played last week I'd be really worried about Chuba this week I'd be very worried about it Um, he's had two weeks yeah they practice he's had a break he's gotten to rest up he's gotten to to ice his weary legs I think he's gonna be fine yeah and so I yeah. So go ahead, please.
0: So, so you brought up a, a point when I was thinking about Charlie Brewer, and you said he only has three picks this season. And what we haven't really seen from the Oklahoma State at all this season is the ability to force turnovers. I guarantee that had to be some sort of emphasis during the off week and during practice this week of you have to be able to do that if you're going to be a ben, you know, if your defense is going to be average at best, you have to be able to force turnovers. And you can't lose the turnover battle significantly as they did against Texas Tech. I think Oklahoma State finds a way to you know, force maybe one or two. I, I don't know how many it'll be. But if they can at least force a couple, interception, fumble, what have you, if they can do that, then I feel even better. That it at least gives me some confidence that the defense is going to do more than just... You know, bend but don't break, and get a stop every once in a while. They can flip the, know the momentum and give the ball back to the offense. If for a couple extra possessions, then I feel like that flips the momentum significantly Oklahoma State's way. And I feel like, like I said that had to be it had to be an emphasis because we just haven't seen it very much at all this season. Their ability to get get turnovers and get the ball back.
1: I don't know if it's going to be something for OSU because it hasn't been for a while. Now let me let me kind of. I don't mean to throw any water on your fire. Um, all three of uh, Brewer's interceptions came last week against Tech. Right. That was his worst game of the season. Yeah. Do you... I, I'm not sure I expect Charlie Brewer to follow up his worst game of the season with an equally or more worst game of the season.
0: That's fair. I, that's fair. I forgot that he didn't throw a pick coming into that game and then he had a really rough showing against Tech. Okay, that,
1: that's he, fair. He had a rough like, game.
0: Yeah. But may, maybe just kind of to piggyback off my point that really I came up with, you know, a minute and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I your honesty, sir. Yeah, no, I, I, I. That came straight out of my ass. I don't care. Smelled um, like it. May, maybe, perhaps, they uh, there's something on film that Tech did that forced him into making that throw, or that reads something. If Oklahoma State can replicate that, maybe we see it again. I don't think so, but that's just – I'm trying to make myself sound somewhat smart, okay?
1: That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Sometimes but
0: no, but, but, but when you, you have three picks in one game, I mean, yeah. there had to have been a reason that you make that throw, especially when you're as talented as Charlie Brewer. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm, I
0: agree. Maybe the Tech defense forced him into a decision, and maybe Oklahoma State can find a way to replicate that because that's on film now. So who knows?
1: That would so, be good. That would be good. Yeah. Um, so let, let's wrap with this let's just, well, before we do uniform production or predictions, what is, let's talk about the thing that concerns you in this game that you think could prove you wrong. And I'll go ahead and um, we talked about the whole Baylor's offense is averaging this many points. And and at some point they're going to bust it open and there's the concern that it could be this game, but that's, that's kind of one of those, could happen. We don't know. There is one thing, and I'm, I'm glad we talked about turnovers because that's the thing that concerns me with this game. Uh, Baylor is currently uh, their turnover margin is is plus sixty seven percent. Okay, they're 18th in the country. They have gained six turnovers and lost six. And mind you, three of those turnovers was last, were last week that they lost. That's that's half of the turnovers they lost were the last week. OSU is negative 1.17 they're 121st in the country in turnover margin they've gained six turnovers total they've turned the ball over 13 times now I understand that five of those lost turnovers came against Texas Tech who apparently seems to be really good at forcing turnovers right now um, but the, the, the point stands turnover margin is not favor Oklahoma State and I don't care who you are. When you're losing the turnover battle, you're probably not going to be in a good chance to win, whether you're at home or anything else. If OSU can't force them and continues to turn them over, uh, this game is lost. Like Texas Tech, um, it's a concern. It really is. It's it's a problem for OSU. It's a problem that kind of stems from Spencer. Like he he's got to. You can't fumble balls. You cannot get hit and fumble the ball. You cannot get hit and fumble the ball. You cannot get hit and fumble the ball. You have to hang on to the ball. I understand it happens. You can't do it. Um, That turnover margin is a concern. OSU's turnover problems are a problem. And when the, the biggest culprit of your turnovers is your quarterback, it's a huge problem. If that trend does not correct itself starting this week, OSU is in some trouble. And that is my one big concern for this week of it's the one thing you can't quite predict um, because there is some luck to turnovers. Um, there is some flukiness to turnovers. But uh, Sanders at this point has been a, been a bit consistent about having a few each game. One, they can survive. Two, they maybe can as well. You strike it in that three range, we've got a real problem, a real problem, especially if the if OSU's defense can't turn around and force some on their own. And, and that's kind of been the trend this year, and it's, it's very concerning. And it's the one thing in this game that makes me go, if if, if that continues this week, OSU could be in for a loss.
0: So my, my biggest takeaway, and I'm just going to try and keep this thing as simple as I can, but just I'm worried about a letdown. Like we, We've talked up this game for the last week. You and I have been talking about it for a while, that this is a game that Oklahoma State should win because it's just that game that they should when they probably shouldn't. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
0: it just, you know, you have all this hype strength. You got homecoming. You got, you know, Mason Rudolph coming back. You got all these people, you know, you know, Stillwater's a buzz for a weekend. It's America's greatest homecoming for a reason. You have a prime, you know, prime slot game midday on Fox. You got a, you know, a, you know, broadcast crew. Everything seems to be lining up Oklahoma State's way. You're the favorite in a game that you should win. And they just lay an egg. To me, that's my biggest concern. Is we see more of the same of getting in their own way and turning the ball over and not being able to, you know, stop an offense that you should be able to. That it, while good and has good pieces, is a beatable team and an offense you should be able to at least contain relatively. And Spencer Sanders keeps turning the ball over. And, you know, I I may be going down a worst case scenario spiral here, but. It's just something we, it's what we saw last week. We saw it at times against Texas. And even in that Kansas State game, while you won a game that you should have against the Kansas State team that we maybe overhyped a little bit, there still were spots in that game where we're like, what are we doing? You know, it just, it feels like one of those games that, you know, coming off a bye, you should be able to rest up, be ready to go, get hyped and go and win a damn game. But there are – I do have this slight concern that it just might not happen, and we get another – we get a letdown, and we're back here on Sunday going, what was that? Yeah, I,
1: I – I still feel really good about an OSU win. I do. I,
0: I Here's the thing. I, I do, too. I, I was playing devil's felt, advocates myself. I
1: haven't felt – I felt good about a Kansas State win, Um, didn't I? I don't remember. I, let's be blunt. I don't remember. It's been a while. Had a lot to drink. I feel good about this win. I do. I really do. Um, that Kansas State win. The, the one concern is Kansas State's not very good. So how much of a how much can you take away from that game? I feel good about this game. I really do. I'm gonna stick with it. And I, uh yeah, I do. Yeah.
0: No, I'm gonna stick with an Oklahoma State win. What's your score prediction? Then we'll go into our favorite thing to predict besides the score.
1: So, um, I will have to pick this game on Friday on my show. Um, I'm just going to be blunt. OSU opened as a two and a half point favorite. It's, it's hovering around three and a half. You can get that line at four. if You shop around. I'm going to be honest. Again, OSU wins a close one or Baylor blows them out. I think OSU wins a close one. I think it's a, I'm actually going to take that four line and take Baylor because I think OSU wins something like 31 to 28. Um, yeah, I think OSU wins. I don't think they blow Baylor out by any means. They could win by a touchdown. I'm going to lean toward a 31-28 game. Um, I think Baylor scores about a little bit more than their average. I think OSU's offense comes up with a game plan and executes it perfectly. I, I think Chuba's going to have a – Chuba's been able to put up yards on just about everybody except Texas, and that's because – no offense – Sorry, Texas. Part of it was your wonderful defensive game plan, and part of it was OSU's offensive play calling ran straight into it. Like, let's let's call it what it is. I think Chuba has its nice day, continues the Heisman campaign-like numbers we've been seeing, continues to be the pride of Canada, and uh, I think OSU wins a 31-28 game.
0: I'm going to take all oh, – you know what? I try. Like I said, I, I tried talking myself out of Oklahoma State, you know, being – you know, winning this game, you know, at least convincingly in some aspect, I'm gonna go Oklahoma State, 38-31. So I'll will t- take Oklahoma State by a touchdown.
1: Right. I, I think, think like a, I said, I'm, it's a valid point. I just
0: yeah, and I I think it's one of those like we saw against Texas last year where I think Oklahoma State jumps out early and has a pretty decent sized halftime lead. And then just kind of holds on. Baylor mounts a little bit of a comeback, but it's just the lead is significant enough that Oklahoma State's just able to get one or two touchdowns in the second half and just win a game. And you know, you win a game like that, it still feels pretty good. Winning cures all. And if they're able to beat an undefeated Baylor team, it, it feels pretty good moving forward into to Iowa State the next week. It's gonna
1: feel real good when uh, Baylor beats Texas later this season.
0: Oh, even better! Um, all right, to I don't, talk about, I don't want to talk
1: about Iowa State. I've got that. No. Out. I'm putting it right now. That preseason was an L, still an L.
0: Yep, I agree with you. So, what's your uniform prediction? <sighs> it's homecoming, homecoming, man. We th- it adds in a whole new element because you have the possibility of a throwback.
1: So, uh, before the season, we did our countdown. Um, I Need to go pull my my four my post on the four um, throwback helmets. I'd like them to to, to do. And, and repost that, because it's a good time for it. Um, because I need, to, I need to remember which one. Hold on. Uh, uh, got it. Ha-ha! All right. Here we go. All right, so last year was, of course, the fantastic um, Barry Sanders whole throwback uniform. It was great. Um, I, I, I picked four helmets I wanted to see. If you guys have never been to a nationalchamps.net and checked out the helmet project, you can see every single Oklahoma State helmet that has ever been worn.
0: Okay. That's, that's awesome. It's freaking awesome.
1: And there is a ton of them. Okay. So my what I thought was first off the, the 2015 homecoming, which was the white, a Matt White with the kind of downward angled OSU look.
0: Oh, that was a good one.
1: It was a very nice helmet. I don't know if they're gonna go that way right now um there's the walt garrison throwback um, only one of the throwback helmets worn since 2014 i black this was black with an orange stripe and white numbers Ooh. give me the walt garrison 1961 to 1966 throwback helmet okay black helmet white numbers orange stripe and I, I would almost say a black face might look, might look good, great. The silver might look good, but that throwback helmet, you go look at it. It's friggin' awesome. It really is. Uh, the other one I would suggest that I had to put in here um, was what I called the Brandon Whedon throwback helmet. It's the all white, no stripe, just the white cue ball. It is the angled osu logo like the the current osu logo the brand but it's the black brand with the orange trim on a plain white helmet
0: god that helmet was so underrated it was so good that was
1: when they would do the white white black on those thursday night games that was the helmet that they were aware that was they have not worn that helmet um he he wore the the that was that's what's what's right um
0: if I remember right,
1: they were between 2009 it was... and 2011. Um, they brought back a version of it with the stripe. Um, that was in that, that 2013 that they wore against Missouri and the cotton bowl that had a, yeah. a black stripe with orange trim to match the letters. I don't want the trim. Take the trim away. I'll go back to the white cue ball, the brand. It's called the brand of weed and throwback, the white cue ball, black brand, orange trim. So either that one, I want that or I want the Walt Garrison black, solid orange stripe, white letters. Like can you do the white – think about that. White numbers, solid black helmet, oh. orange stripe. Sounds and wear that because you're at home. The, the uniforms they wore then were black, orange, white. Can you answer. imagine if they came out in black, orange, white with oh. that helmet on? I would lose my shit. I'm not going to like I, I want to I'm not going to predict it. I'm just saying that's what I want to see. Yeah. That's the throwback uniform. I want Tricolor with that helmet this Saturday. It would be so awesome to see that combo.
0: So I I have two in mind. I have kind of a just the throwback helmet look and a modern one with what we see right now. So the first one I'll go with is, you know, keeping the, with the tradition of doing a throwback helmet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bring back the Buck and Bronco. Yeah, the Ooh, old Aggie yeah. logo. Well, white, orange, white. Just very simple. But I think when they wore that in, I think that was 2014 against West Virginia. Like, I love that helmet. We haven't seen it since. I think that would be one to go back. And if you want to go do something, you go for it. But I love that logo. I think it's super underrated and super underutilized even in you know modern times. And I would love to see that again. But if I'm going to go with something, I kind of want to see – I didn't love it when they did it with the old uniforms. And by old, I mean the 2011 to 2016 or 2015. Give me all orange with that new Phantom Pete helmet. The one we saw against Texas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, mm-hmm. With that, not the chrome orange, that matte orange with the Phantom Pete orange orange. Just Let's just go with it. It's America's brightest orange. America's greatest homecoming. Let's go for it. I Because I kind of liked the all orange when they did that in 2012, 2013. But I think having the orange OSU brand in the orange helmet just looked awful. And I think, that, I think having the Phantom Pete logo in there would mm-hmm. look pretty nice.
1: So, just for fun. If you haven't read the article, I just retweeted it, but you can find it. Um, so, the three helmets I picked, the angled black OSU. Uh, the, the Walt Garrison's, the Brandon Whedon throwbacks, because I like it without the stripe. The fourth one I picked was you know, our, our Patriot Pete helmet. Yes. Okay. There is an old version of Pistol Pete when they were still AM with the like fur pants and ok- Okla Aggies on the bill of the hat. He's wearing a. He is like in all orange. The only thing white is his arm, his vest, and his face, and everything else is orange. Go. Oh, i, I, I That's
0: fantastic. This. <laughs>
1: Redo Patriot Pete, but give me the old Oklahoma Aggies Pete on there in that version.
0: Put oh, that
1: please. on that helmet and tone it down. No, I don't need a whole. I don't need all stripes. Put that Pete on that helmet. That would be like that would be the best thing ever.
0: Oh, I, I just went back and looked at that article and saw that logo. Yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah. That those, so I'm sticking with those are the four. I still would love to see this weekend. I, I retweeted you guys can find it. And, um, just follow me on Twitter. OKTXARPOKE. poke. Um, They're just there's some really good throwbacks they haven't done, and some really good creative things they could do they haven't done yet. Like I'm serious, Oklahoma State has a ton of old helmets. Give me uh, that I can't wait to see what they pull out. I really can't because it's just it's so exciting.
0: Yeah, no, it's always fun. You know, obviously, seeing whatever they pull out for uniforms every week is fun, but around homecoming it's even better because you have that added element of a possible throwback. Like the, God, those the Barry Sanders era last year were just awesome. I don't think we'll see anything like that for a while, but it was so cool while while we saw it last year against Texas. Who knows? Maybe they just try and ride the juju that they had last year with those and just wear them again. I'd be fine with it.
1: Oh man, I'm gonna have no complaints if you just pull those out again. Like you could wear those for homecoming every year for the next decade. No one's gonna gripe.
0: No No, not at all. Do you You have any final sorry, go ahead.
1: Every home game for a season, and no one would complain.
0: No. Yeah, shit. You can make those the just the normal home uniforms, and no one would care.
1: <laughs> that is the that is the closest thing Oklahoma State could ever do to just having a like iconic Alabama, OU, Ohio State kind of like this is our this is our uniform now. This is what we wear, and everyone going, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's fire. That's just do that. Yeah. Like that okay. would become iconic.
0: So this is just a random thought and I, I've been thinking about this because I love looking at other uniforms around college base college football. Do you have a favorite helmet or uniform that another school wears, like kind of beyond their traditional? Cause for me, the white LSU helmet is top notch. Like that's one like when they go white, purple, white, it it's the best. It's one of my favorite looks in call of college football.
1: Um so A, any alternate helmet that Air Force ever puts out.
0: Oh,
1: ever. Yep. And have you seen the uh, the San Diego Aztecs helmet?
0: Oh, God. That one's incredible.
1: If you guys haven't seen this, go just go Google search like San, I San Diego State Aztecs. I,
0: I'm going to retweet that right now. Uh, obviously, we're recording on Wednesday, so go back and scroll a little bit. But I'm going to retweet that because I saw that last night, and that one is – a plus
1: just just google it there's an article from august 4th um about their new helmets and just go it is this like montezuma's revenge detailed shiny it's the most amazing like it's not going to show up nearly as cool on tv unless they get a good close-up go find that helmet that might be the most amazing helmet i've ever seen in my entire life
0: we got we got off on a tangent there, but I I was just curious your thoughts there because we were just talking uniforms. But do you have any final thoughts on this one?
1: I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there for homecoming. Um, I'm really excited. I'm trying. I wish I should have gone back and looked at the homecoming record because I think it's pretty. It's um uh, it's pretty good. Like even in 2014, I'm pretty sure they won homecoming. Maybe I, not.
0: I don't think they did. <laughs> but I, if that's the last time we lost homecoming, I mean. I feel like that's still a pretty good win streak to be on, and I feel like Oklahoma State is going to continue that one.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel good. The homecoming is such a good time. I hope everybody enjoys it.
0: Yeah. My final thought. So I'll I'll talk, probably end up writing an article about this, but I will say I went to the Oklahoma State-Arkansas uh, fall ball game at Allie P – on Saturday, it was a lot of fun. I got to do a little bit of scouting. Heston uh, Kerstad for Arkansas is a, t- a first-round guy next year. So getting to see a, a top talent like that. A lot of new faces on Oklahoma State this season, along with some guys that were a huge part of the team that went to Supers last year. It's This is going to be a young team. It's going to be a fun team to watch. I think they they have a lot of guys that are going to break out in a big way. Uh, but I still do have a lot of question marks. So I'm going to try and I'm going to talk about that, You know, coupling it with what I know uh, about what's going to be in the new stadium, not just in the stands, but kind of behind the scenes stuff of you know what's going to go on and how Oklahoma State's really going to start to, I think, break in with some of these SEC schools that are you know that pretty much have you know rental property in Omaha every June. I think Oklahoma State's going to be that way in a couple years, if not even next year as well. So there's a, there's a lot to like about the future of Cowboy baseball. No, Brake Stadium is going to be a huge part of that, not just recruiting, but from a player development standpoint as well.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to talk about baseball here pretty soon, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's getting exciting. Hey, playoff baseball, October baseball is awesome. The Astros are currently leading the uh, uh, the Yankees in their series. The Washington Nationals made their first ever World Series. So that's cool. But unfortunately, uh, my Seattle Mariners are the only team in baseball without going that have not made a World Series yet. So I'm just going to go uh, solemnly cry in a corner. But you know what? Go Go Nats. Go Chaos. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter, Philip?
1: Uh, OKTXARpoke. Okay, go check out that uh, throwback helmet story. You guys are. I want to know what you guys think. So just go check it out. Leave
0: some comments. Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. We will be back on Sunday. We will or Monday, I guess, for you guys. We're recording on Sunday, and we'll have a recap of homecoming and the Baylor game and what is in store for Cowboy baseball or Cowboy bat. Oh my God. What is in store for Cowboy football moving forward? And we will talk to you all then.